Welcome to Business Talk Citrograph. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today's episode title is Goal Setting Strategies for Success. So the first question I have for you, Ruthie, is how do you start brainstorming your goals? Okay. Um, so I use a couple different ways, but the, the main form that I use is just kind of doing a mental dumping exercise. So I know I've talked about this in the podcast before, but there's this guy named Dave Crenshaw um, who has a course on LinkedIn called Time Management Basics or something along those lines. And um, or Fundamentals of Time Management, that's what it is. And basically what you do is he has all of these words that kind of prompt you to think about the tasks that you have to do. So they have different categories and then there's different words under those categories and it's just spark what those action items are in your mind that are just sitting there of things that you know you need to get done but you don't they're like on a subconscious level so anyway that's how I start is I go through this brain dumping activity and then as I start seeing all these tasks accumulating I can start to pick out themes and those themes are what I start to base my goals off of so how do those themes look can you give me an example well usually what I try to do is always come back to a mission statement, my personal mission statement for myself and my life. Um, and kind of where I've learned that from is from Stephen Covey, who has written a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I look at those themes and always relate back to how does this relate to my mission statement. And then after I've got all of my tasks dumped out of my brain, then I have a dream meeting with myself. So Alone time can be a really, really good for this. If you want to have someone walk through it with you, that can be helpful. But I think usually to start with, it's best to be alone. Okay, what's a dream meeting? Basically, you just set aside uninterrupted time where you can think through what you really want out of life. What are your dreams? What are your goals? Um, and then just being really intentional about keeping that time focused on that specifically. So you have to do the mission statement first, then you do the brain dump, and then you do a dream meeting. It helps me if I start with the brain dump because then I can see kind of what my go-to is, like what are the things that I want to get done, and then going back to, okay, based on all this, how does it relate to my mission statement, and does my mission statement need to change? Is there any sort of life change that's happened that needs to be updated? But it helps first to get those things out of my mind to see where I'm at in my mental space. Mm. So I have a question about that. As you're thinking through your brain dump and you start to see themes like, oh, yeah, I'm def definitely like worried about this thing, but it doesn't relate to anything in your mission statement, in your life goal. Is that something where you're like, I don't need to worry about this and just drop it? Or what does that look like? Not necessarily, but if it's something that keeps coming up, um, it's something that needs to be addressed, right? And if it's something that you shouldn't be worried about, like say you, you just keep thinking, okay, I really need to get this one thing done. I really need to get this one thing done. And it just keeps coming up and you have all these to-dos surrounding it. But when you look at your mission statement, you're like, this really doesn't fit with what I want for my life. It's really not where I want to be headed then you can start kind of trimming back on those to-dos and just letting you, giving yourself permission to say, I don't actually need to get this done because it's not consistent with what I want from life. Okay, so I want to back up a little bit in that because I think that I do a lot of this in just 
organizing my daily task list. So how is it really a bigger, bigger than that? Like some people call it like your big, hairy, audacious goal, right? Or those other things that are just big dreams. How does that play into goal setting? And how do you parse through what's just like a, oh, I need to call this person back versus this is where I want my life to go. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where the themes come in, right? So what I do is I go through, so the steps so far, brain dumping, mission statement, and then goal dream meeting. And then in that time frame, like of that goal meeting, that's when you start writing all of your goals is you just say, this is what I want. And the kind of the categories that I focus on are there's eight of them that I have. You can, if there's ones that you want to add or take out, that's totally up to you. You can add all the categories that you want, but these are the ones that I use. Professional goals, relational goals, finances, health, self-development, emotional, spiritual, and fun. So those are kind of the, the framework that I start with when I think about the goals that I want, and that helps kind of um, guide that meeting that I have with myself in the uh, dream meeting time. Um, and then you asked about like which ones are the big ones. Then I go through and just kind of as I'm writing, I try to keep track of my long term and short term, like what where those would kind of fit. But then after I've got all of my goals written down, I go through and number them. So for me, one means really important and 10 means not that important. And then I assign a value to each of those goals that I have written down. And after that, uh, I'm able to kind of see my ones of those really big ones and like this is what I really want and I write all of my ones down. So it's just a matter of like continuing to break that down and get more and more specific in what you want and then from my 10 I look and I say um, okay how can I narrow that down even more but while I still got all of my my fresh reading through and in, in, in categorizing or numbering all of them I still got that fresh in my mind what I'll do after that before I move down to trying to narrow down my my 10 again as I go through and look through all my goals again and if there's anyone in there that I'm like you know what I don't think I ever really want to do this I write a big zero by it and like this is not really where I want to go with my life um I need to give myself permission to just let it go. And that's, and I keep saying that, that verbiage because I tend to cling to things. If I decide at some point in my life that I'm going to paint all of the light covers in my house, I'm like, okay, yeah, I got to do that. Yep, I got to do that. <laughs> I just can't let it go. And then when I actually think like, you know, this really is inconsequential to my life. I just need to let it go. And mm. I have to actually verbalize. I'm giving permission to myself to just let it go. <laughs> mm -hmm. One time Ruthie like spent two hours cleaning a light switch. It wasn't one light she switch. She was so was proud of herself. all the light switches. I like visited her at her apartment like a few years ago and she's like, and look at these light switches. They're so clean. And it wasn't just the light switches. It was every single outlet of our apartment. I took off all of the light switch covers and the outlet clean covers. Them. Clean them. I'm sure they were the, like nasty. They were crusty <laughs> but anyways okay so for those of you who are a little ocd you, you might need relate. to yeah you might need to tell yourself this is not that important yeah okay so when you're when you're figuring out your numbering and everything how then do you evaluate what can you tell us what a smart goal is mm -hmm. and then how do you make sure that it's smart 
Yeah. So once I have my my 10 and then I try to narrow it down to three to five, because that's just for me personally, that's more manageable. Maybe you can handle more. That's that's up to you. And it does also depend on how big those goals are. Um, and then what you'll do is you'll break it down to is this a smart goal? And what that SMART stands for is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. And those are, people use different words for different things, but that's the basic gist of it. So you ask yourself those questions. If you have this goal, okay, is it really specific? I need to get really granular with this. I can't just say like, I want to start a business someday. Okay, what kind of business do you want to start? And what do you want to do in that business? Is it measurable? Um, what kind of metrics are you tracking to be able to see if you've done that? Is it achievable? Is this like, so say you're running, like for me, running a marathon would not be achievable. My body's just not made for that. (laughs) Um, And so trying to set a goal for running a marathon would not really be an achievable goal for me. So that would not fit in the smart category. Um, And then relevant. So say you had a goal like to... I clean all the light switches in your house <laughs> is it really relevant to and your life plan <laughs> not really <laughs> Wait, did it pass the time yeah did i have a good time you bet i listened to a lot of audiobooks <laughs> but anyway it wasn't really relevant to my life and so and then time bound is the last one um and that's huge for me because i do tend to procrastinate on things mm. okay so now that you have those things how do you make sure that your goals are actually attainable? You really have to come back to, does this goal depend solely on me? Or is this something that I can achieve? Um, because if you have something like you're going to s- close 17 deals this year or whatever, that goal is not really dependent on you. It's dependent on people actually going with you. Um, and so you have to really keep coming back to like this is dependent on me and that makes it more achievable but i know you had a couple other points that you wanted to share about achievable goals yeah so um an example of this in a high accountability aspect um i read a long time ago entree leadership by dave ramsey and he really focused on like a specific person in his company that was like oh i'm gonna like crush this and i'm gonna sell way more than you and all this stuff And he was like, okay, so if you really want to make like this much money in order to do that, what's your close rate right now? Okay. If you, if you know that you can close like X percent, so let's just say 50%, then you need, and your goal is this number, then you need to be calling this many people every single day in order for you, if your success rate is 50%, So you're going to close that and your average close dollar amount is this. And then that, if you're doing that consistently every single week, that will get you really close to your goal that you set for the year. And I think that what's really important about those things as I've looked at goal setting and knowing what's attainable, um, another sales book I read that was a really short read from the library like a long time ago, he was saying, you know, you should only shoot for 20% more than you have ever done before, especially if it's something where you're going to do it every single year, whatever. Because if you say, okay, I'm going to double or I'm going to triple, um, that is definitely something maybe you could do if you've done it in the past where, oh yeah, last year I did this, I tripled it by this, this year I'm going to triple it again, um, potentially. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but if it's something where you're really 
dependent or accountable on other people and you want to make sure that you can give logistic numbers that make sense, 20% more than you've ever done before is a really good place to start um, because it is attainable and it's it's a stretch, but it's not going to be something where you'll leave feeling defeated every single day, like you're not even getting close. So I think that's really important to set something that's what Ruthie was talking about, like realistic to, um, if it's a big goal, you should, like a big goal that's for the year, you need to break it down into quarters and weeks because you have to be doing something towards that goal at least once a week to make sure you're getting on track to getting towards the big goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any more information about that, Ruthie? Yeah. Um, so I have a, a different way that I kind of track my time frame of things and we'll get into that later, but I did want to talk about like time bound and kind of transition to that. Um, when you are, this also applies to achievability and when you're thinking about the different goals that you have, you have to actually give yourself a reasonable time frame. So is this a one-year goal? Is this a month goal? Is this a five-year goal? You have to be able to to assess that, at least to some degree. Give yourself a ballpark estimate, but then recognize too that you have other goals that have time time frames as well. So when you have all of those say let's just use five for now if you have all of those five goals and you know each of them are really in t- time intensive you have to incorporate that into your time frame of when you think you can accomplish something so maybe the one goal you're like yeah this is gonna really gonna take a year but I could maybe stretch it into two years or a year and a half so that I can can I can be working at these other goals at the same time so I'm not trying to like overextend myself by doing all these different things at once. So how do you map out a time frame of goals for yourself? For me personally, what I do is I take uh, 12 months and I have like, I have different pieces of paper for each month and I take my five goals and I set, write them out on one for each month or whatever. I scatter it out however long I, I need to. This is really helpful for me in trying to determine how much time a goal is going to take because what I then do is, so let's use the example of Becca and Joel finished their, are working towards finishing their basement. So if you have this goal of finish the the basement by September, refinishing the whole basement by September, you can't just do all of that in September, obviously. So if I write that down in my 12-month plan, I can't just look at that and say, okay, September, that's when we work on the bath on the basement. I have to think about, okay, when do I need to start this to have this finished by September? And when you start to think about those things, you have to say, so if I know that I want it done by September, I'm going to start acquiring basement supplies in February. Okay, so how do you stay motivated in that time frame? Because for the record, our goal is not to get the basement done by February. <laughs> I said September. Mm, oh, okay. It, I, yeah, it's been a long, long process with that. And I'm not very motivated, let's be real. <laughs> so how do you keep that motivation up? 
Well, I think it comes down to, again, like uh, for me, it always boils down to my, my core values and my mission statement. You know, like I know for you guys, you want to be able to resell your house um, and have a higher resale value be- with a finished basement and have the bathroom down there and whatever. So you have to come down to, okay, why do I want to do this? I would like to be able to sell this this house for a higher price so that I can do X, Y, or Z, you know, like, so it's coming back to what is your goal in life? What is your mission as a person? Um, and that's what keeps you motivated. Also, just like celebrate little victories, you know, like, oh, we installed a toilet. Amazing. Let's just like have a party. <laughs> like flush it eight times. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It works every time. <laughs> um, but like celebrating those little wins, but then also I really value having accountability um, and then being excited with those people that keep you accountable, you know, like telling them those things and having people to be excited with you. Because it's one thing when you install a bathroom by yourself and you're like, I did it. But it's another thing when you can call someone like, I installed a toilet. (laughs) Like That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about really quickly was how should you or what should you do if you've achieved all of your goals? And for me, I'm somebody who also, when I start pushing for a goal, um, sometimes I'll reevaluate halfway through um, and say, okay, like, is this the right time? Because I'll get a ton of stuff done and then there might be big pause. So I have multiple things that I I love doing and I I love e-commerce. So I've tried lots of things with that. And I have a contract with Joel that allows me to do that. Joel is her husband. Yeah. (laughs) Because we set our family goals together. And so um, when I'm playing with those things or whatever, if I find a manufacturer and I'm super excited and I'm like, this is what I want done and whatever, we have great conversation and I got a prototype or whatever. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to place an order. And they say, well, we're not going to be able to get to that until after the holiday season because we have a bunch of orders and this other thing. So we're just really not ready for that. All of a sudden that puts my goal on hold, right? And that's not something that I can push forward anymore. And it's okay to place things on hold if you're not in control of pushing it forward and you have to wait. That's okay because there's a lot of other things like Ruthie was talking about with backfilling in your other goal areas that you can focus on. And if you've achieved all of your goals and you're like, wow, um, I got a lot more done than I was thinking I was going to. So an example of this for me was last year, a big goal was that I wanted to get my women-owned business status. And I thought it was going to take a really long time, uh, which it, it did technically, but it actually took me like six months instead of like a year that I was planning for so once that was done I was like wow what do I do now because I feel like I need to reevaluate what else this is going to apply to Mm -hmm. and it's okay to continue that process throughout the year of resetting new goals like Mm -hmm. Ruthie was talking about doing that brain dump and looking at your mission Um, because otherwise what ends up happening is you wake up in the morning and you're floundering (laughs) like well, I've done everything. So what do I need to do now? So have that time, that session set aside to reevaluate and set new goals for yourself to keep pushing yourself forward. And I would even say too, like that dream meeting is still important, 
even if you have not <laughs> achieved all of your goals, because it's good to, to sit back and reevaluate and recenter on, okay, how am I doing with these? Um, I, I know that we're you're getting close to time here, but I did want to go back to <laughs> tell us about this contract that you and Joel have. Uh, so we have an agreement that <laughs> is pretty longstanding. We signed a contract on vacation one time <laughs> that <laughs> these are the areas of life that I'm allowed to function in. And um, it's like six different areas. And you have to understand a little bit about Becca's personality. It's because if she doesn't have a vision of these are the six areas, she's going to try to function in every single area possible. Yeah, and then I get stressed out and, <laughs> and it's not great. Yeah. So, so they defined six areas. Yeah, and it's kind of like working with the government too because I can kind of figure out what is the gray area of certain things to say, well, this technically applies this one area, <laughs> which is not always You're true, saying that working with Joel is like working with the government? Yeah, because <laughs> it takes a long time <laughs> to get anything approved. No, yeah. So um, we had like a thought process in one of our goals where it was like, first, we need to pay off our student loans. And then we're going to work on renovating or building a bathroom in our basement. And then if you like remodeling, we can look at purchasing a second property to manage or whatever. And so um, we took 20 months to pay off our student loans. We talked about that episode a while back. Definitely check it out. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, well, during that process, I was like, well, challenge accepted. Let's see if I can build a free bathroom, <laughs> spending no money because I like doing more than one thing and trying to be forward thinking in my goals. Um, so that took a lot of my extra time just for fun. But now we're actually like really getting into building the bathroom. And I mean, with COVID, there's lots of delays on like shipping for ordering parts and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So that's been taking a little bit longer than I was expecting it to. I don't necessarily know because in there it says, and if you like this, you can purchase a second property potentially. I don't necessarily know if my, if Joel and I are on the same page about if what, what the definition of liking is, because I am the kind of person that's like, all right, this is what I want done. And I'm going to write a check for somebody else to do it. <laughs> Whereas Joel is like, no, we need to do it all ourselves. <laughs> so we haven't gotten to that, that point yet but definitely like that's a long-term goal for us that has multiple phases and um it has lots of parts to making sure that you're evaluating is this something that we want to be on the same track with in the future yeah we're going to transition into our sister gog portion but if you found any of this helpful or just like listening to us um we are really pushing apple reviews right now for apple Podcasts. so go ahead google apple Podcasts, find us on there and then leave us a review and if you don't have an apple product steal someone's who does and give <laughs> yeah. us a review we are now promoting theft <laughs> <laughs> okay just kidding. that's that's not true all right the sister gog story that we have to share with you today is mostly just a bunch of ramblings about walkie talkies <laughs> oh my goodness so when we were younger we used to have these walkie talkies because um it was really before like kids had cell phones. Yeah. Wow, we're old. Anyways, so um, we would have these walkie talkies that we would run around the yard with and like talk to each other in the house or whatever. And but we found out that um, from our house, you could reach the because there's different channels. You could get on the channel for Walmart <laughs> and we would just listen to their conversations and then 
add stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So we would say things like, big spill on aisle seven. (laughs) And clearly, like, now that I look back on this, like, I'm sure they were like, wow, we can hear these tiny, small voices that (laughs) clearly are not Walmart workers. (laughs) But we thought we were hilarious. And then we also, whenever we would go to the state fair, my dad would always charge up all the, the walkie talkies and stuff and everybody had their own walkie talkie and um but at that time there was a decent amount of people using walkie talkies so it was like you had to switch through all of these different channels to find one that was free and then at at that point too like it was just you didn't even know who was talking to you because there was okay again there's seven kids in our family so it was like (laughs) and everybody kind of sounds the same what (laughs) (laughs) and then you also were like trying not to share too personal of information because there's waves that clearly many people are on (laughs) it's just like it's a whole hot mess yeah it's a good thing we have cell phones now that's Uh, it's a little bit more private (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well thanks for joining us this week we hope to see you next week